Okay, so today's daf is the daf Lamed Hay, page 35 in the Heilige Meseches Gitten. Um, and uh, we're coming to you from uh, BWI Airport here. So let's get going over here. Um, so we're up to the second line. We're up to the second line. And what we learned in the mission on the bottom of Lamed Dalet Amad Beis is that in order for an almana, a widow, or we said surely any, anybody, uh, to collect from Yisayimim, from orphans, she has to take an oath. She has to, she has to swear. Okay? Now, the Mishnah then said that Rabbi Gabriel Hazakin made a decree that, I'm sorry, yeah, Rabbi Gabriel made a decree that yeah, they they she's not allowed to swear anymore. Okay, so the Mishnah said like this: An almana cannot collect from Yisaimim unless she takes an oath. But then they stopped the oath, and Rabbi Gamliel made a decree that actually she should take an oath for any time she wants to take something from them. Okay, so that's the uh, that's the case of the Mishnah, and that's where we pick up Nimnu Eventually, they stopped the 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 decree from allowing her to take an oath and they said that the, there's no oath that the widow takes when she's collecting from the domain I'm sorry when she's collecting from the estate <coughs> that the orphans have inherited so here we go my time what is the reason that they stopped this if it's because of the reason of Rav Kahana. now what's the reason for Rav Kahana? so the Gemara so here Gemara is going to let us in on a story Rav Kahana says the story with a person there was a tremendous famine he gave a golden dinner to a widow. Remember, there's a famine. When there's a famine, there's a lot of emotions flying around, and money is not commonly found. So he gave a golden dinner as a deposit to the widow. And in order to keep it safe and sound, she put it into a jug of flour. Why? Because this way it won't get stolen. Who's going to suspect that it's in a, it's in a jug of flour? Now here's the problem. And then afterwards, by mistake, she took the flour and baked bread with it. I'm sorry, not by mistake. She did this on purpose. So she put the, the gold into the flour and she purposely baked bread. And then by mistake, she took the bread that she purposely put the golden dinner in to keep for safekeeping and she gave it to a poor person. Ay. She thought that she's going to remember that the gold's in there. She'll keep it uh, in the ice box, but she ends up giving it to a person. A few days later, the owner of the golden dinner came back. Please give me back my money. She said to him, one of my children should die. She was cursing herself. If I gave any, if I, if I uh, had any sort of benefit from the money, okay. In other words, what she's saying is, I didn't mean it. It wasn't, uh, you know, I didn't uh, intend to steal anything over here. Amrulai, Amru, they said. Fortunately, she opened her mouth. She said something again. We were, we're you know, our Gemara is big, focusing on the kaya hadibur, on the power of words. And because she said that, one of her children died. Heard about the story. Amru, they said, when you have a woman who swears 
Be'emes, truthfully, she taka, she did not get any sort of personal benefit. So why did her kid die? Lemaisa, she said the truth. Why would her children die? She said, I swear, I didn't get any personal benefit. She didn't. She gave it to a poor person. But still, what came out of her words is the death of one of her children. Hanishbal sheker, lachas kam First who swears falsely, how much more so? My time at says, why taka did she lose a child? She didn't benefit personally. So why taka did she lose a child from it? The ishtar shila makam dinner. Because she gained a little bit from it. How'd she gain a little bit? Because the dinner takes up a little bit of space inside the flour. And now that she baked bread, she didn't have to use an extra uh, tenth of an ounce of flour uh, in the bread because there was uh, gold there. So the little bit. Umami Okay, so what does it mean that she swore truthfully? It means she's like one who truth, swore truthfully. You know, she was being honest over here. She said, I didn't personally benefit. Now, Lamaisa, she did have a benefit, so it did lead to the death of her child, but it was mamish, 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 um, minute. It was very, very small. Okay, so what the Gemara is saying is, why are we getting into the story? Because the Gemara had asked, my taima, what is the reason that they stopped allowing a widow to swear? Okay, why did they stop allowing a widow to swear? And we brought down a story of, of Rev Kahana. So you see from over here that uh, we're concerned that maybe uh, a woman's going to take a false oath, a widow, and then it's going to lead to Tsaris. Yeah? No. Uh, says the Gemara, Ibi Shumha. One second, if you're nervous about, about her taking an oath and it's going to lead to Tsaris, it's going to lead to uh, problems, this applies to any oath. Says the Gemara, my Iri Almana. Why are we picking on widows and saying widows don't, won't, don't uh, take oaths anymore? I feel a Grusha Nami, even a Grusha as well. We do have her take an oath. In other words, like this. What happens if you have a case where you have a woman who gets divorced? She did not yet collect her ksuba. And then the and then her ex dies. So she's going to collect from the estate of the assignment as a grusha. Okay, so she's still collecting from the assignment as a grusha. And over there we said she does take an oath. Says the Gemara, but if we're concerned about this reaction... And what it's and uh, and what is going to lead to? We, we, why do we say that only an almana can't take an oath? It surely be even a woman is a grusha. Says Gemara, no, almana shiny, and we're picking on almana specifically. You know why almana is different? because of the hana, the benefit that she took care of the children. Okay, she says I took care of uh, my husband's children. I'm an almana. I Mamish foundational idea, Mamish understanding our own psyche, she would come to be matir, come to allow her taking of the money of the estate. Let's explain. Uh, let's explain what's happening here. This is Mamish major. You cite this major. Here we go. It says the Gemara like this. You know why we um, initially we had a grusha swear. I'm sorry, we had an almana swear. A widow would swear but not a, a divorcee, is because a divorcee, okay, so the husband is really one responsible to take care of the kids, and the separate, you know, whole separate uh, responsibilities over here, fine. So she's not going to be, she's not going to think that she's obligated to be reimbursed. But by an almana, by a widow, what, why is she swearing? Why are we making her take an oath? The reason why we're making her take an oath is because we're concerned that maybe she already collected part of her ksuba. So now that you're coming to take from the assignment, from the orphans, you have to take an oath that you didn't collect any money whatsoever 
uh, and the husband didn't give her, she has to swear the husband didn't give her any money before he died towards her ksuba. You want to collect the whole ksuba, swear about it. What's the issue? So the Gemara here is saying, Mamish, that an almana might co- show up and think Mamish, MS to herself, I'm, co- I'm owed the whole ksuba. Ah, you were paid? That was payment for taking care of the kids. That wasn't ksuba payment. I was owed that. And very often in our own lives, we have situations like this. It could be at work, right? We could feel that our, our boss owes us something. So we're, we're entitled to still take a, a, a full amount or a full reimbursement. Even I, what about the part that we that's already reimbursed? What, what about all that? Nah, I'm de- it's kutmir. I deserve all that. Yeah, I worked for it. person really needs to be self-aware and very honest about about uh, where and why the reimbursement or money is coming to them. So the Gemara says the reason why we make a widow take a shua specifically is because it's natural for a widow to be myra hetter, to say that, you know, and I made my husband give me money, but you know, nah, I deserve that money separate from the ksuba. So I still, I'm still entitled to ksuba. She mamish convinces herself this is the MS, and therefore by, by obligating her to take an oath, we can bring her into Besden and clarify um and uh, and clarify everything. Okay. Ultimately, though, the Chachamim did did uh, not allow her to make a shvua anymore. Okay, and again, because that shvua is going to come to a, a false oath, she might come now and make a shvua. So this is what you're going to think. So she should make a shvua. I said no, because what's going to happen is even if she makes a shvua, it may not be true. She's going to think to herself that she's owed the ksuba. The truth is not, and we're just setting people up. For false oaths, I'm reviewed. I'm reviewed. Yirmiyah Barabo. Reviewed is his name of your Barabo. Rabu Shmuel Damitavayu Loishanu Ela Bebezdin. They say this halacha of taking an oath is referring to a bezdin. Have a chutz lebezdin, but but outside of bezdin, what's the halacha? Outside of bezdin, Mashbi and Isa, we will have her take an oath. It's not true. Varav Loi Magdiksuva de Armalta, but Rav would not allow a. Uh, ksuba to be paid based upon a shvua. It's the Gemara Kasha. Okay, according to that story, we're going to have a question, Beseder. But we're not, we're not really backing out of our statement. Besura Masnihachi and Sura we learned as follows. Ben Ardom, the, the way that we just learned. Ben Ardom Masnihachi, Ben Ardom. They taught a little differently. Amar Vidur Mashmur Vidur Zadim Mashmuel. Loishon This Mishnah, which says our Mishnah, which says that we do not allow an almana to make a shvua, is only in Bezdin Avachutz LeBezdin, but outside of Bezdin, Mashbi and Nisam. We do have her take an oath. Rav Amar Rav says of Hilchutz LeBezdin, Nami in Mashbi and Nisam, even outside of Bezdin, we do not allow her to take an oath. Rav LeTamei, Rav is consistent with his own reasoning. The Rav, now how do we know he's consistent? Because elsewhere, Rav Paskins, we do not give a widow her ksuba. We don't give her ksuba, which seems to imply like she's not getting a ksuba at all. Says Gavara, what does that mean? She's not getting a ksuba? What do you mean? She should take an oath and, 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 get, and uh, be entitled to her ksuba. So the Gemara says, "Bishnei de Rav Kili Nidre." In Rav's times, in his years, people did not weren't careful about what came out of their mouths. It reminds us a little bit of what's going on nowadays, right? But there was unique to vows, and people weren't so careful about taking false uh, false vows, and therefore vows didn't hold uh, didn't hold the same weight in which uh, in which they are meant to in the Torah. Bottom line is, since 
people didn't take vows seriously, even if they would take a vow, even if she would take an oath, that's not enough of a raya, that's not enough of a proof that she's entitled to the money. It's not a raya, there's no proof. I, I took an oath, all right, but <laughs> we're living in an era where people, Pasha, don't care. People don't care about oaths, They're, they, they don't stand behind it, right? It's like nowadays, you know, I don't know specifically with oaths, but people, you know, politicians or whatever, people are caught lying. They're like, no, so I'm a liar. So I lied. Yeah, right there. Like, move on. Like, it's really not. So the words don't take the don't take the same weight. In the Torah, it's meant. We're meant to fashtay. We're meant to understand the weight which words carry. Words mamish create. They mamish. Words create marriages. Words create obligations. Words create worlds. Words create people. We're, we've been learning through this mamish, through our kishkas, the power, the kaya the power of words. But lamaisa, if you're living in an era where words don't matter to people, so then everything is loose. Everything loses meaning. Everything loses power. Uh, you, I took an oath. You don't know what an oath is. You don't know how to define it. You don't know what the. You don't even know the, what, uh, what 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 power an oath has. And therefore, since you don't have the power it has, it's not going to have that power. Okay. Bottom line is, no oath because we're not going to follow what they're what they're swearing anyway. Hahi Itza. I'm sorry, Hahi. There was a uh, woman, the Asai, that came, the Kamid Ravuna, in front of Ravuna. Omar Allah. Ravuna said, Ma'eberlach. Okay, Rabbitson, what can I do for you? The Rav, Le Magbik Suvalar Malta. See, here's the problem. He says to her, Rav does not allow a widow to collect Subas. Yeah? So I know you're coming to Bezant to collect your Ksuba. The problem is, like, you know. Amrale, she says, well, Yeah, he says, the only reason why you're not going to allow me to take my ksuba is because you're concerned that maybe I already collected my ksuba. Let me tell you something. The same way the Rebbe Nishalem lives, I've never, ever, ever, ever gained any sort of benefit from my ksuba. So he said to her, Gewalt, my derav yeah, Rav will agree that if a woman is kaifetz, kaifetz means to to uh, like crouch and jump, spring forward. Rav will agree that if a woman, even though we're not going to uh, call her to Bezin, take an oath, if a woman does show up to Bezin and brings a powerful oath by herself, then um, we're going to stand behind that oath and she will be allowed to collect her ksuba. Okay? Another story. Hahi, there was a woman that saw the Kamei the Rabba the Rabba Baravuna. There was a woman who came from Rabba Baravuna. Omar Law. He said to her, "My Avodah, what should I do? I can't. Uh, I can't have you swear to take a Ksuba. The Rav like Magvik Ksuba Salar Malta. Rav stopped allowing that. But Abba Mori like Magvik Ksuba Salar Malta. And Abba Mori, my father, my master. Um, so this was Rabba Baravuna. So Rabba was saying about Ravuna. Also, he stood behind that psak. Omar Law. She said, Havli Mizaynei." Okay, if you're not going to allow me to collect from the ksuba, at least give me money so so uh, it, it'll cover my my mezainas. Lost the place. I'm sorry. Yeah, havle mezainay. Now mezainay is separate from the ksuba. Okay, what this means is, even with separate from collecting the ksuba, it says in the ksuba that a husband's going to support his wife as long as she remains living in his house. Remember, we went to this in ksubas. So as long as you live in the house, you're obligated to mezainas, and that's separate from the ksuba payment. So if you're not going to give me a ksuba, give me the mezainas, give me money to to support myself. Amar Allah, 
We do not give her mezaynas. Now, let's pause for a minute. Rashi says something incredible, and again, we learned this exubus, and that is the reason why when a woman comes to Bezin to demand payment on exuba, we don't give her mezaynas, is because generally, when she's coming to collect payment, what she's saying is, I no longer want to be connected to my husband's estate, I want my payout. I want a payout. So I don't want any. I don't want anything else. Just give me my, give me my ksuba. So, if that's going to be the halacha that any woman who demands mezaynus and uh, who demands ksuba and bezdin no longer gets mezaynus, well, that's what you're doing. So we can't give you mezaynus either. So Amrale, she said to him, break his chair, because he's being he's hurting me in two ways. He hurt me with the ksuba. And he hurt me with the mezaynas. He's saying, I'm a stuck widow. I'm a stuck widow. What am I supposed to do now? Afchua le corse. They turned over his chair. Vitartua. And then they put it back in place. <laughs> now, why'd they do this? Why'd they, why'd they turn it over and put it back in place? Because since she gave him a curse, they wanted to make sure the curse came true. And it wouldn't happen through a different way. Where chas Something else that happens. They they fulfilled uh, her words in a, in an easy way. But Lemaisa Rabbi Baravuna um, got sick as well. Okay. Weiter. Here we go. Now, so that's the we 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 had a few stories there. Now we're going to halacha. So Amalei Rav Yehuda, the Rav Yirmiya Bira. Adra bebezdin. If a woman makes a nether in bezdin, vajbua chutz lebezdin, and swears out or swears outside of bezdin, velesli kol v'lipo ba'odne, the coil, the 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 sound should come v'lipoil and fall on my ears. The be'ina kihichi david b'maisa, so that I could see, um, uh, so that I could see halacha l'maisa, how we uh, how we ultimately paskin. Okay. Lamaisa, what we're walking away at this stage of the Gemara right now Is that we're sticking to this If you have a widow She cannot collect from the Nechassim of the orphans She can't collect from the from the property I, She's not going to have her ksuba. We know huh. it's, a, it's a problem They're going to have to, you know, in those locations They're going to have to figure out How to, how to prepay ksubas but she'll also, they'll, they'll teach her not to show up to Bezdin to demand the Ksuba. This way, we'll at least be able to use the state for Mezaynas. Because again, if she comes to Bezdin and demands the Ksuba, she won't get that either. So it's up to the Rabbanan to make sure that the, the women know their rights. All right. Gufa, a piece of a previously quoted statement. We said before, that only in Almana we don't allow her to, make a, to take an oath. But by a Grusha... She will swear, and she could collect her ksuba. Says the Gemara, grusha da adra loy. But a, a grusha who makes another now is not allowed to collect her ksuba. But they sent from Eretz Yisrael ech plunisa bas pliny kibilas gita minyada da achabar hidyad There was the, this lady who was the daughter of this fellow 
who got a get from Achna ben Hidya, the Miskere Ayamari, who's also called Ayamari. This guy Acha was also known as Ayamari. And she made a neder, and she said, if I collect it, I'm going to be usher to take any, usher to taste all the fruits of the world. And I'm telling you right now, I never got a thing from my ksuba except for a single glufkara, except for a single garment. And also, I got one safer to Hillam. The safer Eve and a safer Eve, Umem Shelas Biluim, and uh, and Mishlei Biluim, which is war, uh, which is worn out. Okay, so she's saying anything of value that she received, top of Amud Beis, Bishamnum Bechamisha Mane, and they evaluated that everything she received was worth Chamisha uh, Mane, was worth five Mane. When she comes in front of you, give her the rest. What do you see from here? That uh, a, a woman who's divorced is allowed to collect her ksuba by making a nether. Now over here, this is incredible. Listen to what happened. She didn't take an oath about what she received. What she did was she made a prohi- prohibitive vow on herself Claiming that she only received specific amount, but the mice you see that a garusha, a woman who's divorced, is allowed to collect ksuba through a neder. Bravashi, how get yivam him? You have to understand that story. That was a uh, that was a get of a yavam. Uh, so she, this woman was a was a uh, yavama, and therefore, if they would have done yibum with the brother. She's going to become Mamish, his wife. And if they don't do Yibam, so then they're allowed to, she's allowed to collect her ksuba from the, hus- from the original husband's property. So what was our story? What happened over here? This guy, Acha, who's also called Ayamari, all right? So he was, um, he was a Yavam, and he gave a get to his wife. He gave a, a get to his Yavama Instead of doing Yibam Now, if you give a get to a Yavama Instead of doing Yibam The Allah is once you do that There's Chachamim That nobody is allowed to do Yibam anymore Rather there's Chalitza And she could collect Shurksuba So that was, the, that was the circumstances Surrounding that specific get It wasn't a standard get from a marriage It was a get given from a Yavam To a, uh, to a Yavama And She's collecting the get as an almana because she, right, she's she's not a divorcee; she's a widow. And again, you see from over here, she's allowed to make a in such a circumstance. You're allowed to make another. Okay, beautiful. Two dots. made a decree that a woman should make a nether instead of a shvuah. This is only true if there was Arisen without Nesuin. I'm sorry, I made a mistake. I'm sorry. Not there was Arisen without Nesuin. Says Ravuna like this. This that we allow her to take a neder instead of a shvua, that's only if she is still a widow. She didn't remarry. She didn't marry anybody else. If she remarried somebody else, then then she cannot make another to collect her aksuba. Says the Gemara, why not? She's still tied to aksuba if she remarries. 
my time. What's the reason why she can't? The for Labal, yeah. Is it? Uh, it's it because the the uh, a vow is not going to help her. Why wouldn't it help her? Because even if she makes a vow, prohibiting something on herself, her second husband could remove the vow. So it's not a permanent vow. Well, Kilay Nisis Nami. So even if she doesn't remarry, the Chimanasva may for Labal. When she does remarry, a hus- every time uh, later on, uh, you know, she remarries a guy, the husband could say, well, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm removing the vow that you took upon yourself to never eat strawberries. Says the Gemara, no, your husband can't do that. In a Baal Mefer you can't do that. Says Gemara, well, maybe we shouldn't listen to a vow once she remarries because you can remove it by going to a Chacham. So the Gemara says, well, you can do that always. And also, you have to give specifics about your nether in order for it to remove. Hence, when a woman tells the Chacham that she made a... Uh, that she made a neder in order to be able to keep Ruxuba, so the Chacham is not going to allow her to remove that neder. Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman says, you should know Afilu Nesis. Even if she remarried another guy, the, she could take a neder and collect her Ruxuba from the original husband. Says the Gemara, Nisis Vadaimei Filabal. Why could she collect uh, if she's married at the time, if she's married and she makes the, the vow? The, the second husband certainly could nullify the vow. So why would we rely on that as a proof? There are certain vows that a husband is not allowed to remove. One one of the settings that a husband is not allowed to remove his wife's vow is if it's done publicly. The rabim, and since she did it publicly, the husband cannot remove the vow. Hence, it's a valid nether, it's a valid vow, and she would be entitled to collect her ksuba. They asked the challenging question. We said if she remarries, she could collect her ksuba. If she makes a nether, it seems to imply any nether she makes after she remarries is going to work for her. The only time a nether works, right, without, obviously without Robin, without the public, is if she took a vow before her second marriage. Then any vows that she comes into the second marriage with, the second husband cannot nullify it. It's a standing vow. And therefore, we're going to believe her, we're going to listen to her, and allow it to collect the ksuba. Says the Gemara of Hatana, but we learned in the Brisa, Nisseis, once she remarries, Naderis Vegaiva Ksuba. So she's allowed to take a nether and collect from her ksuba. So you see that she could. Um, you see that we're dealing with a case where she took a nether uh, after she remarried. Says the Gemara, you're right. Okay, you're right. That's not going to be a proof. But rather, Tanoi. It's actually, this, this Allah is actually a Machlaikas Tanoi. What's the Machlaikas Tanoi? Again, whether or not somebody who takes a vow, a, a widow who takes a vow to collect from the estate of the orphans, whether or not that is going to be a, a, uh, a vow that we follow to allow her to collect the Ksuba, even though she's remarried. Why? So let's get into this. Dikulaman. The Omar, there's an opinion. Neder shehudar barabim. Any neder, any vow that's made publicly, yeshlei hafar. Even if it's done publicly in front of 10 people, you could be mefer. That's one approach. So doing it publicly is not going to help her give a standing neder. There's another opinion who says, that it's not capable of being removed. Therefore, like this, Rafun is going to hold that you could remove a nether done in front of 10 people. Hence, 
um, yeah, you could remove a neder done in front of the people. Therefore, says Rav Huna, in order for her to make any sort of neder to collect her ksuba, it's going to have to be done before marriage, before remarriage. It cannot be done uh, after remarriage, because after remarriage, the husband always has the ability to remove it. Ibaidu, that's the question, searching for information. Tzarech lefarit as a neder, In general, when somebody wants a neder to be removed, do you have to tell the chacham the specifics of the nether. Now the specifics is not only what you said, but also the whole the whole uh, story surrounding the whole story surrounding the uh, the actual vows. Okay, so that's the uh, that's the question over here. So Rav Nachman Amar in Tzarich, Rav Nachman says you do not need to tell the chacham all the all the uh, details. Rav Papa Amar Tzarich, Rav Papa says you do, you do. Rav Nachman Amar in Tzarich, the Amar Tzarich, he says if you got to give every last uh, detail, specific context. Zimnin the guy is lady Sometimes, if you obligate it, sometimes somebody is going to the uh, guy is, is uh, to exaggerate his words. my and the chacham will remove the vow uh, only according to what he hears. Okay, so um, we we don't uh, obligate the person to get into a whole a whole uh, back and forth. Okay. Because we want the vow to be removed, no matter what, we want it to be removed. Again, we we're trying to remove vows; doesn't come to Yisurim. But if Papa says Tzarich Mishum Milsa the Yisurim, he says no. He says uh, you have to mention it because of Milsa de Yisurim. Yeah, sometimes, um, uh, sometimes yeah, removing the vow could cause could cause an avera, and therefore the chacham has to know everything, all the parameters. All the parameters surrounding this. Tonight we learned to the Mishnah, If you have uh, somebody who Rashi tells us, Rashi, the four lines from the bottom of Rashi. If you have a Kayan who marries a puzzle woman, a woman who's forbidden, so he marries a divorcee, he's forbidden to do the Avaida, the service in the base of Mikdash, Ad Sheyidar Hanah. Until he says, I'm forbidding myself any sort of benefit from her and I'm going to divorce her. Vitani Allah, we learned about that. If he makes a nether and does the avaida, we take him down and he's got to divorce her. He doesn't need to give the specifics. So how could he do the avaida just through that? Maybe he's going to go to a chacham who's going to remove the vow, and his whole vow was what we said. If he takes a vow that he's going to divorce his wife, he could do the avaida. Says Gemara, who says? Maybe if he takes a vow that he's that he's going to divorce his wife, he might go to a chacham afterwards and remove the vow, and he'll stay remarried. To, he'll stay married to his wife. So why do we allow him to do the avaida? Answers the Gemara, the madrin on leibarab. Okay, you do it publicly. Same answer we gave before. If you do it publicly, you can't go to a chacham and remove it, which the Gemara asks. But not everybody agrees with that. So now he's going to be stuck and he could do the avayda because he can't remove the vow. He's obviously going to divorce her. But according to the opinion, you could even remove those vows that are done publicly. What are you going to say? Why do we allow him to do the avayda? Just because he took a nether that he's going to divorce her? He could still remove the nether. Says the Gemara, the Madrinan lay al das rabim. What happened was he made a vow. What we do is we have him make a vow al das rabim with the dependent on the das of the rabim. Now, what does that help us? This Gavalt. Listen to this. This is mamish precious. Yeah. 
you say, I'm making another that can only be nullified with other people's agreement. The Allah is, even if somebody holds that, you, you take a public vow, a vow, you could remove it still if it's al-das rabim, mainly al You can't remove it because you need everybody who is there in the rabim to agree to nullify it, and you're not going to get that. So over there, that's a standing vow, and that's why he's allowed to do the avaidah even before divorce. This is only true when we're dealing with a devar rishos. But if let's say you want to remove the neder because you want to perform a mitzvah, so then even if you do it al das rabim, there's a right to nullify the vow. Okay? Why? Because again, the well, not again, but this is a new idea that the um, there's a new idea that. Uh, people in general are going to want to help him fulfill his mitzvahs. They're going, to want, they're going to help him accomplish and fulfill his mitzvahs. Since they want to help him accomplish and fulfill his mitzvahs, so the assumption is they're going to be there for him, uh, for him to accomplish that. He says the Gemara to end off last step. Kiahu Mikri Dardiki, there was a, a teacher the ad, of, of of young of young uh, students. The Adre Ravacha Al Das Ravacha made a vow. Um, that Al Das Rabbim, that he's not allowed to teach anymore, to have a Pasha Bionike, because he was Pasheya and the kids. He wasn't a good Rebbe. He was a good Rebbe. He was hurting the kids. Vahadri Ravina. But Ravina, even though Rav Acha created this vow, Al Das Rabbim, that he can't have a position, Ravina removed that vow, because you couldn't find anybody who was as good of a teacher as him, meaning he, there was a downside. Yeah, he was very strong, very harsh with the kids. But practically speaking, he he had very strong results, and he knew what he was doing. And uh, you see, for the purpose of a mitzvah, you have a right to remove vows, even if they're being done al das rab. Okay, we'll hold it here for today. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening, everybody.